One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right, guys, so uh, I thought before we get started, we'd kind of just digest what happened last week. That was pretty wild, huh? A sign and a wonder, right? Do you guys expect in signs and wonders? The Lord said that he would confirm his word. He would confirm the spirit uh, of truth, right? The, the sword of the spirit. He would confirm that that was his word, right? And so, um, you know, that, that, was a, that was a pretty wild thing. And I just, I just want to talk about it for a minute because, you know, every one of you, when the Lord gives you a vision, when the Lord gives you a dream, there's power. It's not just like a pizza dream. It's, a, it's, a, it's the vision of the Lord. It's the promise that He wants to invade the earth with what He has revealed to you, right? And so just to confirm, like, you know, I could have not done anything last week. We could have just did our regular ministry stuff, but the Lord came to me yesterday, or, uh, Saturday morning last week, and He started talking to me about angels and wanted me to talk about angels, right? And so it's, it's kind of an unusual thing that, you know, you'd go to a church setting and somebody would tell you to stand up and go find the angel. That's kind of crazy, right, Barb? <laughs> but I believed what the Lord told me to do, right? Okay? So my point is don't fear when the Lord gives you a vision and tells you to go do something. He's with you, right? You know, when, uh, <clears throat> when the gold dust appeared on um, Kinsey's face and on her hands last week, right before that happened, Kylie came up to me and said, my sister, she just, she doesn't, you know, she's not getting it. She, she doesn't feel anything. She, there's no, she's saying the presence of God, like, what is it? I don't, I don't feel anything. And within two minutes, she's standing in the center of the room Gold dust appears on her face. People start to prophesy to her. She's weeping in the presence of the Lord. And who knows that she got literally changed in a moment, right? Something that she can't deny, something that we can't deny. It was a sign of the Lord. It was an act of, of God, right? He, he was confirming um, he was going to awaken something. And so just think about this. What if that whole night was just for Kinsey, Right? That's right. I mean, what if the whole night, and that's, that's the power of vision. When the Lord awakens you and says, hey, give that vision to that person. Hey, I want you to go down to McDonald's. There's a guy in a red shirt that I want you to speak to about this specific thing. It's for a reason, right? When, when, you know, everybody thinks of Jesus doing all the great things, right? He spoke to the multitude. He fed the 5,000. He, he does all the things with all the people, but there's a lot of stories where Jesus went to the woman at the well for one. And that one was so transformed, so transfigured, that she went and brought the whole city to Christ, right? He went to the, to the guy at the chain to the tombs at the Gadarenes. And that one guy, when he was delivered, 
He says, can I go with you? And Jesus says, no, you stay here. And guess what? A couple chapters later, when Jesus and the crew came back around, that guy had told the whole regions of the, of the Gadarenes about Christ. You know, when Jesus went in there, the guy got delivered, and they were still trying to kick Jesus out. But after that guy went and testified of, you all know that I was chained to a tomb, right? I was bound in, in a place of death. And then, you know, boom, he starts to witness and testify, you knew what I was, and now I'm in my right mind. I met the living God, right? And the power of, of Christ was seen in this guy. And so when Jesus came back through, it says that the whole area was running to Christ instead of trying to kick him out, right? That's pr pretty wild. And so that all happens with one person being so changed, so impacted, because you impart heaven to them, right? You know, some people can get lost in trying to beat people over the head with the Bible, but it's actually the power of heaven that transforms people, right? It's the Spirit of God that transfigures people. And so, you know, the sign, the sign and the wonder is really a promise of the Lord. He's just looking for willing vessels to believe what He tells you to get up and go do it, right? So I got a tough question for you. How many of you have gotten up and gone and done something this week? Huh? Wait, is that crickets in here? Hey, <laughs> listen, the point of being transfigured in class or in church is to go transfigure the world, right? And so, you know, the angel, the angel of the Lord is something that, um, you know, not a lot of people talk about or, or teach about, but the Lord spends a lot of time talking about angels throughout the Bible, right? And uh, Hebrews chapter 1 talks about angels um, it says that he makes his angels winds and his ministers flames of fire, right? And so the picture of this is when you get a vision of the Lord, when you get a, a prophetic uh, command to go speak, it's not just you releasing words. It's, the, it's, it's you trusting what the Lord told you to go do and knowing that there is an angel riding on your voice. Picture that, all right? Picture, think, think about, um, you know, you're, you're called to go down to the Snoco station to speak to somebody. You're not just walking alone. You are walking with heaven, right? There's the, there's the power of, of the presence of God, but there's also the angel armies of the Lord that literally ride, ride your words, ride the, the, the voice that, that comes out upon the people, right? And so, um, you know, Last week there was uh, in the midst of when in the midst of uh, the gold dust up appearing, um, it, it actually appeared on what about 15, 20 people. I mean, I saw a lot of people raise their hand. Oh my gosh, there's gold dust on me. There's gold dust on me, right? And so, um, you know, Bill had an unction. Bill had a a uh, an unction of the spirit, and he says, "I believe we need to pray for Jimmy." <laughs> We need to pray for the church, right? And all of a sudden, Aiden says, hey, I have this vision of marching around Jericho and the walls coming down, right? And so the people in here started to pray for, for Jimmy's church out of the unction of the Lord, right? 
Now, that may sound pretty crazy, but let me tell you a similar story. Back in 2006, I was with an evangelist. Um, we were at, uh, this is when I first got filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Shelly and I went with an evangelist. Um, we were out at the Navajo Indian Reservation. And we happened to go at a time when um, it was like the, the National Navajo, um, you know, they, they do their, uh, they call it the peyote religion. It's actually a form of witchcraft. They, they dance and it's uh, very um, spiritual. It's, it's a, uh, you know, it, the, the reality is it's a, it's a witchcraft oriented form of worship. Okay. They worship demons. They, they do all kinds of stuff. And we walked and, you know, when Shelly and I would travel and go with this, this minister, um, you know, we were used to seeing supernatural things happen wherever we went, right? There was demons being cast out of people, people being delivered or people being healed all the time. And the first two nights that we walked into this church, I mean, there, the place was filled and uh, on the Navajo Indian Reservation, and nothing would happen. I mean, they were praying for people. Nobody got healed. There was no deliverance. There was nothing, right? And so we left on the second night. I, I'll, I'll never forget this. And I went home, and I started asking the Lord questions. Why? Why are you not showing up? What is going on? Why? What, what's, what's happening? And the next morning, the Lord woke me up and he says, I want you to go around, go over to the church and I want you to start walking around the church and praying, right? I want you to start um, prophesying what I show you in vision. And so for the next, you know, couple hours, I'm walking around this church, <laughs> Jericho marching around this church and um, I'm praying, I'm praying. And all of a sudden toward the end, the Lord gives me this vision. And in this vision, I saw um, bread falling from heaven, and it felt like it was hitting my eyes. And um, when it hit my eyes, I literally, like, I could see heaven after the bread hit my eyes, okay? And so that doesn't seem like anything supernatural. It's just, okay, it's a quick vision. It's not, nothing, nothing amazing. Well, we get into church that night. And uh, I'm talking to the, to the lead guy that we're with, the evangelist, and um, he says, okay, we're going to pray into this. He, he had an unction of the Holy Spirit. He believed what the, the Lord had woken me up to pray around this church. And then, um, you know, so he actually, from that point, he took it. Him and his wife, um, she had this psalmist gift. She stood up and she started to sing about the bread falling out from heaven. Okay, when she started singing about the bread falling from heaven, about 15 minutes in, you know, he starts to sing. And I mean, the place just gets electric. And I kid you not, this is one of the most amazing signs and wonders that I ever witnessed in my life. But the back doors of the church literally blew open. And there was a wind that came came in. And the wind was so strong Girl's hair, girl's long hair was literally blowing in the wind. The hair on your arms was standing up. And the more the, more the wind blew, the more excited the, the singers got because they could see the power of what was going on. And so people start to prophesy. And, I mean, there were, there were um, young girls, there were young, young men in the congregation that were in the peyote religion. Their parents didn't know about it, that kind of thing, Right. They literally started standing up and coming forward, shaking and weeping in the presence of the Lord. They're at the altar and their hands, they're ripping off all of their, um, 
their bracelets and all of their uh, peyote symbols and all that stuff, and they start, they're giving their life to Jesus, right? And so I want to, I, I just want to encourage you that the word that was released isn't like, okay, let's just randomly pray for somebody. Let's just randomly pray. There's an intent and a purpose of the Spirit, right? Because Bill came with an unction, and then another one followed up. Hey, we're Jericho marching around Jimmy's church because the wind is coming to your church, Jimmy. <laughs> Amen? The wind is coming to your church, Jimmy. So, you know, let's just do this. Can, can we pray for you right now, Jim? Father, we just, we decree that the vision of the Lord is real and it is true. And um, it is a sign and a wonder, Lord, that the wind of heaven is blowing open uh, the doors. Lord, blowing open the doors of the church, Lord, that the wind will literally swirl, that there will be tongues of fire, that there are prophecy, that there is an awakening of the Holy Ghost happening, Lord, upon Jimmy and upon his leaders, upon, Lord, the, the, the church itself, Lord. We decree that the doors are open, Lord, that there is no door that you cannot open, that the doors are open in the name of Jesus, and that the wind of heaven is being poured out upon them right now in Jesus' name. Fill Holy Ghost. We pray, Lord, fill in the name of Jesus. Fill. Come on, pray, guys. Pray. Pray for him. Pray. Lord, we decree that they will pray in tongues and prophesy. We decree, Lord, that they will weep in your presence. We decree that they will ascend the mountain of God. Lord, that they will be transfigured by your voice. We decree, Lord, that nothing that you've destined to be in the presence of God can be kept from the presence of the Lord. So, Lord, we decree that your sons and daughters will know your voice and they will be embraced by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, let them fall in love with you. I pray that they would fall in love with the presence of God and with the voice of the Spirit in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, guys. Amen? All right. <laughs> All right. I encourage you, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't been here the last few weeks, um, we've been working on a series um, about... Uh, the Four Horsemen in the Book of Revelation, um, the book uh, that that the Lord told me to write in November um, is at the editor right now, and it should be out somewhere around uh, mid March. And so, um, I encourage you to get uh, the the other um, messages uh, in the build up of what we're going to talk about tonight. But the punchline of of what I want to kind of get into tonight is the Rider of the Red Horse. Okay. Um, and the reason we're talking about the four horsemen is when Jesus came and started talking to me about, about uh, the awakening of the four horsemen, he actually said that the previous generation grew up fearing the four horsemen, but the next generation will grow up knowing that they are the four horsemen. And when you hear something like that, you can say, wow, that's really, that's not the perception that I had of the book of Revelation. And so I want to encourage you that if you look through the book of Revelation with natural eyes, you will never see the way Jesus um, designed the church to actually see. The church can only truly see through prophetic eyes. 
You cannot read the Bible as a natural man and think you can understand it, okay? There's many places in the Scripture that says that it's only um, revealed by the Spirit. And, you know, the book of Revelation is a vision. It is the vision of Christ. It's the revelation and the unveiling of Christ um, so that the church would be awakened to who they truly are. Amen? And so, lay your hands on the person next to you and say, in the name of Jesus... I decree that you'll be baptized in the Holy Ghost and you will know who you are in Christ. You will not fear. The, Lord will, or, uh, the world will fear you. You will not fear. The world will fear you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, you know, there's many false theologies out there about the book of Revelation. And um, how many of you have uh, seen the Left Behind mu- movies, right? Okay, don't lie. I know most of you have seen the Left Behind movies, right? All right. So what happens in the Left Behind movies? Oh, my gosh, I hope I'm not in the book of Revelation. I hope I get raptured out. I hope, how, many of you, how many of you say that? I hope I get raptured out. I hope I'm pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, so that I don't have to be there at the end. Huh? Can I tell you that's all a bunch of hogwash? <laughs> can, I, can I tell you that, that the church of Christ knows that the dragon gets his head thumped in? The church of Christ knows that the serpent doesn't win. Amen? But it's the church that conquers the dragon, okay? Through the, the, Christ conquers the dragon through the church, amen? The angels, right? It says that the angels, all the, the, the uh, descriptions in, in the book of Revelation about the angels driving out, right? Driving out the dragon, okay? So do you work with angels? Are angels waiting for you to command their day? okay. So what's your role in thumping the head of that dragon? Right? Are you with me, Pete? Right? When you wake up, you should say, all right, Lord, which dragon's head do you want me to thump today? Huh? Are you with me? Okay, that's a complete different mentality of a person bound in fear saying, oh my gosh, I hope I'm not here when it gets really bad. Okay? Jesus didn't raise up a church, a believer, to actually fear situations. He raises up a believer to look for those dead situations so that you can go in and find a dragon's head to thump on. Right? Because if you give them your authority, that's the only authority he has. He, he has no authority. Satan has zero. Ch- ch- tell your neighbor, Zato, zero. Goose egg. Okay? Zero. Satan has zero. When I say zero, zero. Okay? Just not like even a little bit. If he has a little bit, it's because you gave it to him. Literally. You're, you're shaking in fear. You don't know why. This flaming aerial has, has come upon you at Walmart. Right, Bill? And, and you walked in there and you walk back out and you're shaking. You're angry. You don't know why. A flaming arrow got a hold of you. What are you going to do? Are you going to shake it off? Are you going to confront it? Or are you just going to sit there and go, Oh, I don't know why. I just feel like crying. 
Now, I'm being a little overboard, but here's the deal. If you give Satan any of your authority, he piles on, he takes more, he rules over you, and pretty soon just one bad day turns into three bad days, turns into seven bad days, turns into you living in a prison, accepting your limited place in this world. Oh, I hope I get raptured out soon. Come on, man. You see, when you, when you get one victory, when you cast out one devil, when you lay hands on somebody and see somebody get sick, when you lay hands on yourself and you see yourself rise up alive, right? It, it should invigorate you to function in the true power and authority of Christ, which is you actually look for dark places, right? Jesus said this, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me to stay inside and be safe. No. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to go look for somebody, to break out of prison, to lay hands on the sick, see him recover, right? Cast out a devil. Wait, you mean you shake in fear every night? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? We were in a park this summer, and um, I started praying for a guy. Um, what was that park called? Swan Creek. We were out at Swan Creek preaching, and... Um, I started praying for a guy, and uh, over, over a couple minutes, he, st- he literally is laying on the ground, Demon, demons manifesting in him. I got priests around me. I got people looking like, what do I do? What do you mean, what do you do? You lay your hand on him, and you command that demon to come out, right? Say it with me, come out. <laughs> you, gotta, you should practice that. I mean, come on, Aiden. You just stand up and look in the mirror, and you go, come out in Jesus' name. Come out. You see, if you tolerate it, you're literally handing away your authority. Did Jesus say, I give you authority to cast out demons? Did he say, I give you authority that you don't have to be bound in depression? Right? So why do you take it? Right? Say it with me. Come out in Jesus' name. (laughs) You're getting good, Aiden. You're getting good, man. You see, so you're in the midst of one of the darkest hours in world history, right? And what's the most of the church doing? Oh, they're, they're shaking. They're sitting back. I hope this just blows over. You know, you know what believers do? They, they, look, they look for what the Lord is doing, knowing that he's speaking something, knowing that he actually is the God of the night, right? The whole book, everything starts out. The book of Genesis In the midst of darkness, it was void, right? No form. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke, and the darkness could not stop it. Creation happened, right? Tell your neighbor, you're a creator. You're You're baptized in the Holy Ghost. In the nature of God. God. And you're a creator. creator. When you prophesy, prophesy, the darkness must flee. The The darkness doesn't have a chance. Because you were born to prophesy. Come on, tell them again. You were born to prophesy. Amen? Okay, so I just got you warmed up so that you can actually embrace the red horse. Because if you're not seeing through prophetic eyes, you're going to say, oh my gosh, the red horse, he's coming to kill. I I hope I I can go. I hope hope somebody raptures me out. (laughs) All right, so let's read uh, Revelation chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. 
Now he opened the second seal. Who's he? Christ, the lamb. There's only one who can open the seals, right? So he's unveiling the rider of the horse. I heard the second living creature saying, come and see another horse, fiery red, went out. And it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another. And there was given him a great sword. Now, if you look, if you read that with natural eyes, right, right, Pete? Oh, Lord, get me out. I don't want to be here. What was that show, The Sanford? I'm, it's the big one. Get me out. Take, take me home. Sanford and son, right? That's probably way before many of your time. But, um, so let's digest this a little bit because there's pieces here that you have to understand and grab hold of prophetically, okay? Because if you don't see this prophetically, you are going to be gripped in fear theology, okay? There's not, there's, Jesus, let, let's get this straight. Jesus held nothing back from you. He gave you all things. He gave you the power of the Holy Ghost. So the only limitation you have is what you think. Not what he didn't give you. Okay? It's what you think that holds you back. Because the, inside the Holy Ghost are all things. Are all ability. All power. Your identity is in the Holy Spirit. Everything about the real you is in the Holy Ghost. And so when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, and this is why Jesus told the disciples and the 120 in the upper room, don't leave the city. You need the Holy Ghost. It is the, the, the only true essence of heaven that I'm pouring out on you, right? And they were transfigured, changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. They were shaking in fear on the night of the crucifixion, and now they go into the world. They shake up the, the world. They cast out devils. They're laying hands on everything that moves. They're, they're releasing the kingdom on earth, right? And so the essence of, of the, of, there's three key things I want to uh, look in deeper here. And one is the, the fiery red horse. The fiery red horse is a symbol of the fire of the Holy Ghost, okay? Jesus, um, when, when John the Baptist was here, he said that, uh, you, you know, the one coming after me would baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire, that you would be so um, transformed that there would be the fire of heaven upon you. You know, John, John was baptizing people in repentance that didn't have the power right? He was baptizing them under conviction. I need a savior. But it was the power of the Holy Ghost that transforms people, right? And so the baptism of Jesus is what transfigures people. It's the Holy Ghost. It's not just saying, oh, I repent of my sin. I was a bad guy. No, it's the Holy Ghost who literally turns, he turns everything inside of you that needs realigned and repositioned and the real you gets pulled out because there's this clothing of fire on you. You are baptized in something that this earth can't create. You can't create it on your own. There's this anointing on you. The power of heaven transfigures you and you are burning red. You literally are, you look different than, than the rest of them. There's something the world needs because you're burning on fire and you have to give it, right? You can't hold it back. And so it's not just about power, it's actually about love, okay? It's the connection with the Spirit that whenever you get so changed that there's a love affair. You actually recognize that, oh my gosh, it wasn't me that stopped sin. It wasn't me that stepped out of powerlessness. It was the Holy Ghost on me, in me, through me, 
that, that came for me that I fall in love with this burning need for the presence of the Lord. Okay? And so it's very important that you understand why Pentecost, why the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, why is it needed? Why is it necessary? Because in John, uh, in John 17, Jesus is talking to the disciples. He's, he's praying for the disciples. He's praying to his Father right before he goes to Gethsemane and goes to the cross. And he says this in John 17. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that, I sent, that, that you sent me. Okay? And so Jesus is pointing to the place of peace. Jesus is saying that it's only in your unity with heaven, with the heart of the, uh, the, of the Father, with the Spirit of God. It is only in your connection with the living God, right, that peace and, and true unity is possible, is birthed, okay? And so, you know, the power of the Holy Ghost is something that um, it's, it, it's not just a one-time thing, okay? A, lo- a lot of people have had transforming initial impacts of the Holy Ghost, but every day you wake up in prayer should be another transfiguration, right? Because if not, if your mind isn't changed, instead of your mind being set on the Spirit and being embraced by the power of the Holy Spirit, your mind can still think like a natural man. Oh my gosh, get me out of here. That's why Paul said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So after you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, the transfiguration process is glory to glory to glory. What he says to you day after day after day, right? And that's the love affair. That's, that's, you become addicted to the presence of the Lord and what the Lord is saying to you instead of looking like the world and tr- still trying to find ways of pacifying the, the issues you deal with, right? Only the Holy Ghost. Look to your neighbor and say, only the Holy Ghost. Only the Holy Ghost. Are you in love yet? Come on, man. It's a love affair. He came to, to bring sons and daughters out of captivity that you would know the love of God, that the love of God would be so poured out on you that you literally chase him down, right? That you hunt him. I have to have the presence of the Lord. David said this in Psalm 27, the one thing that I have to have that I desire above all things is the presence of God, okay? And so Jesus is pointing, Jesus is pointing to the, to the Spirit of God as being the center of life, right? And the, and the power of the Holy Ghost is something that you can't replace it. There's nothing else in this world that can replace the Holy Spirit and the presence of God, right? And so, say this with me. Do you guys get the picture that the fire of the Holy Ghost isn't like an optional thing? It's actually a necessary thing. You know, you should walk down the street or look at your neighbor, look at the people next to you in church, and you go, are you on fire? Because I'm not really sure if you're on fire. You need, you need some oil. You need, some, you need a flame on that oil, huh? You need somebody to lay a hand on you, huh? 
Come on, because I was, I was anointed to raise the dead. I'm anointed to cast out a devil. I'm anointed to lay hands on the sick. I'm anointed. That's what I was born to do, right? That's a son. That's what a son does, right? That's a, that's a daughter of God that knows that Jesus Christ raised the dead, and he called you to raise the dead. Jesus Christ healed the sick. He called you to heal the sick, right? Jesus Christ prophesied. He knew things, words of knowledge. He called you to do the same, right? And so tell your neighbor, you were born to be baptized in the fire of the Holy Ghost. Come on, say this with me. Say, Jesus, Jesus. baptize me in fire. Cause me to ride the red horse. I was born to ride the red horse. Make me a red horse rider. All right, now that was kind of okay, but it didn't sound too enthusiastic. It sounded like you were just going through the motions. You see, a desperate heart. You know what a desperate heart sounds like? We may have gone through this a couple times before. I'm not sure, but in case you don't know, right? Just in case you don't know. Jesus, I need you today. I need you to baptize me today. Don't let me look like the world. I, pr- I pray, I fear standing in front of Christ and saying, you know, three out of seven days a week, you look like the rest of them. Ooh, three out of seven days, you look like the rest of them. That was, that, what, what is that, about 60%? 60%, the door on the birdcage is open, right? Is 60% good enough? No, that's right. He wants hungry hearts. He wants people who are chasing him just as much as he's chasing you, right? He gave his life so that you could embrace the free gift of the Holy Spirit, the one thing that equips you to step on that dragon's head, right? You going to step on a dragon's head tomorrow? Yeah. How about tonight? Yeah. You going to step on a dragon's head tonight? Yeah. yeah. All right. You see, dragon's heads, dragon's heads were made for boots, right? Dragon's heads were made for disciples' boots that like literally stomp the guts out of, out of serpents' heads, right? That was the first prophecy in the Bible. Genesis 3.15, when the Lord came back and he started releasing curses because the, the serpent tricked Adam out of his authority, you know what the first thing the father said, Genesis 3.15? My son will come and crush your head, right? The word. I'm not talking about just scripture. I'm talking about the one who speaks into dark places. And when he speaks into dark places, every time he speaks into a dark place, Satan's head is getting crushed. His authority is getting taken away. His power is being taken from him, right? You see, this world is filled with people who have given away their authority. Do you want it? There's an authority void on the earth. And the Lord awakens sons and daughters. He just needs one person to believe. One person, the woman at the well, changed the whole city, brought the whole city to Christ. So don't let, don't let church fool you. You can change a city. Are you with me? Amen. Okay, so let's talk about the next important thing in this scripture. But I want to I talk to you about this scary statement here about the, the connection between peace and where he says the people should kill one another, okay? Because if you read that, you're like, wait a minute, is that really Jesus? Well, 
If you're not looking through prophetic eyes, it's probably not Jesus. But here, here we're going to we're going to get into this. Okay. Let's let's get the understanding of peace laid out. All right. Matthew ten thirty four. Jesus said this. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. That's pretty freaky. Did you ever read that one, Aiden? Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Okay? What's this red horse rider carrying? The only weapon he has is a sword. All right? I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. The sword of the Spirit. The one thing Jesus came to give. The sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoa. Wait a minute. I thought we were all supposed to just sing Kumbaya and get along. Right? Kumbaya. Sit around a campfire. Get along. Well, it doesn't matter what you believe. You know, just get along. That's, that's what Jesus said, right? No. Jesus said, I came to bring this sword. And there will be friction, right? So there's friction anytime people are not unified in what? The Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, I pray that you would be one with the Father, not just sit around a campfire with the whole world and sing Kumbaya, right? Because let's read the rest of this. Man's enemies will be in his own household. He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. How did Jesus go to the cross? His father, the spirit of God, led him there. Right? He's in the garden sweating bullets. He knows he's going. Right? Blood. He sweat blood. He was faithful unto death following the voice of heaven. Okay? And so as sons and daughters, it's a picture. He who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and whoever desires to lose his life for my sake will find it. And so unity as the world defines it, no, no issues, everybody sitting around a campfire singing kumbaya is not how Jesus defines peace. It's not how Jesus defines unity. Unity is your heart in love with the Holy Spirit and willing to do and go and be what Christ called you to be, right? One minute, it's to save the sick, to, to heal the leper. The other minute, it's to confront a lie, right? In, in your relative in the person down the street, and that's the hard part. But Jesus said, if you, don't, if you don't give up your life, give up your fears, give up your inabilities, and follow after me, you're kind of fooling yourself. You're just playing church. You're just going through the rhythm. You're just, you're, you're just going through the, the daily consciousness of getting through it, right? I've told you this a couple times. It wasn't my choice to go to India, okay? It wasn't my choice to... to to, to literally go and get, uh, you know, several diseases and, and the different things that, that happened to me over there. It wasn't my choice. It wasn't my choice to spend thousands and thousands of dollars out of my own pocket, but I did what the Lord told me to do in, 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 in you know, working with the pastors and the different things over there, okay? The Lord is going to lead you into places 
that you're going to think, well, there's no peace there. That doesn't, feel, that doesn't feel right to me. But the Lord told you to go. Are you going to go? Right? Are you going to give up your life for him? So true peace is not the absence of conflict. True peace is in allegiance and alliance with what the Lord is saying to you. Right? In, the, in, in the, the power of the Holy Ghost, you are finding peace no matter what the situation is, no matter how dark the situation is. Actually, the darker the situation, the greater the power of the Holy Spirit because the Lord promises that He was made for the nighttime, that He was made for the impossible, that He actually waits for somebody to embrace what the Lord is saying so that you can speak life into a dead, dark, imprisoning situation. Right? Amen? And so there is only one way to the Father, and that is through the power of the Holy Ghost. You see, you can say, well, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. That does, you, know, that does, you know, aren't we supposed to just get along, peaceful, you know, peaceful? Jeremiah was told this by the Lord in Jeremiah 1 verse 9. Behold, I put my word in your mouth. See, I have set before you over nations and kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build and to plant. Now, a lot of people just go to the build and plant phase, right? Because build and plant phase is, you know, it's just nice. It's fun. It's gooey, right? But the destroy place, the confrontation place, the Lord actually needs to rip out false foundations, false theologies, false dependences on wrong things, false peace, you know, big, you, might, you might say that uh, peace is not that big a deal. Peace is a huge deal, okay? Peace is such a huge deal that Jesus, point, he gives his spirit to point you solely to be in love with the Father, and only in your love for, for the Father and your love for the Holy Ghost does the kingdom manifest, okay? How many of you guys have seen the, the stickers, the coexist stickers, you know those stickers that have all the major symbols of, of uh, the, the major religions of the world? They have Hinduism, they have Judaism, they have Islam, and they have a cross in the middle of them. You know, they're cute little stickers. They say coexist. The concept behind it is just sit around the, kum, the, the uh, campfire together and sing Kumbaya, right? But that's not the way Jesus works. Jesus said there's only one way to the Father. Your Hindu gods, your thousands of Hindu gods, you're going to burn. You're, you're, that is not the way to the Father, right? There's a confrontation there. How many of you know Muhammad's dead? Okay? Your God is not going to save you, right? There's only one who can save you. His name is Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost, right? How about when you go into, into church that does not embrace the Holy Spirit? You know, the Lord has made a career for me in going into dead religious places to set people on fire. Okay? I mean, the big, the, the, there's no difference between a church that refuses the Holy Spirit and Islam. Oh, did you just say that? Yeah, I did. You know, because you know how the way I see it? 
until I was baptized in the Holy Ghost and I heard the voice of God for the first time in my life and I was undone running through the chemical plant, laying my hand on anybody I could pray for, set on fire. I knew that until that moment, everything prior to that, I was a dead man. I don't care how many times I sat in that church pew, how many times I felt like, man, I needed, I I don't know what I need. How many times I tried to bury myself in alcohol until I was baptized in the Holy Ghost at age 35 and I got up running knowing that I was finally alive, that I had finally been gripped by heaven until that moment I had I had a revelation right that there there was no life in me even though my parents had me sitting in a pew for for 20 years there was no life in me right and so the embrace of the Holy Spirit and and the call to bring people into peace what burns me and why I go to Indy, why I do it, partially is the Lord sent me there. But the other piece is I burn to see people in love with God, right? How many people, how, how many people in here, and, and I know the answer already, when a person gets baptized in the Holy Ghost and they say, oh my gosh, oh, that was awesome, that was crazy, that was amazing, I can't stop praying, I can't stop talking about it. Why do I feel this burning? Why is the hair on my arm standing up now? I wasn't alive. Was I alive before? What, what, what is this now, right? That's what happens. That's, that's what happens when people get filled with the Holy Ghost. You see, this, this red horse rider burns with such a passion because they were so in love. They were made so in love with Christ that when they see false peace, that they take the one thing, the sword that's in their hand, and they literally have to speak the word of the Lord. They, can I pray for you? Can I, can I pray that, that the Lord will touch you? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Huh? Do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you know the Holy Spirit? I, I wake up sometimes out of my sleep at, at 4 o'clock in the morning. Can I pray for you? Do, I, do you need the Holy Ghost? <gasps> Wait, there's no one here. <laughs> Shell, you need the Holy Ghost! Ah! Right? Hey man, when I got first got filled with the Holy Ghost, we can tell you stories. I would wake up. The Lord would wake me up and I'd, I'd have my hand on her head. Oh, be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm not, I'm not kidding you, man. It was, it was just, I was so in love with Jesus. And this sort of the spirit, you know, Paul, when, when Paul is explaining in Ephesians 6, he says he's talking about the war against the darkness of the world. And he says, above all things, stand in the evil day. Put on your armor. And he gets down to verse 17 and he says, take the sword of the Spirit. Take it. The sword of the Spirit, is, it's actually described as the rhema word, the voice of the Lord. He says, take the voice. The word, the word in Greek is actually, it actually means to receive. He's saying, receive the voice of God. Be positioned to receive the voice of God, for the powers of darkness cannot stand against the voice of God. Stand in the evil day. Get the word of the Lord and stand in the evil day. So instead of you running from the battlefield, you actually become the conqueror looking for the battle. You actually look for the fight, right? It's a different mentality. It is a fight mentality, right? Is there any fighters in here? I used to get in a lot of fights. I got my, you know, it's probably why you're, you're wondering, why is this nose so crooked? Well, I used to get in a lot of fights when I, when I was in high school. Won some, lost some, you know, that's just the way it goes. But I was a fighter, right? Now I'm a lover. Woo! Right. Prophesy, brother, prophesy. 
<laughs> I like that guy back there. So, <laughs> you threw me way off, man. You took me out of my war gear and you made me a lover. <laughs> All right, so my point being is Paul is saying in the evil day against the powers of darkness, take the sword of the Spirit, take what the Lord is saying and go to war with it. Paul told Timothy, war with the prophecies spoken over you. It's the same concept, war with the dreams the Lord has revealed with you. War with the visions the Lord has revealed with you. War with the prophecies because the enemy, the darkness of the world cannot stand when the light comes against it. So when he says stand, stand is actually in attack mode. I will not move from the position of hearing the Lord's voice, knowing the Lord's voice, and being what the Lord has said, and I will prophesy, and the darkness will not stand against me. That is my position. You see, the enemy will trick you and try to take the very power and authority that the Lord gives you by the dreams and the visions, the giftings of the Spirit. He actually tries to take it from you by convincing you that it's not really real and you don't have to hold on to it. But if you hold on to it, you say, no, 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 that is my spot. India is my spot. Standing in front of thousands of pastors, that's my spot. Seeing the dead raised, that's my spot. Amen? That's right. I, I got an amen back here. You see, in, uh, in Acts chapter 19, Paul came across the, the, uh, the men in Ephesus, and he says, do you believe in Jesus? And they said, well, we were, we, were we were water baptized. And Paul goes, no, no, no. You were convicted that you need a Savior. Right? And he, he goes on to say, no, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they said, no, we don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. And he says, can I pray for you? And he lays his hand on them, and they receive the Holy Ghost. And when they receive the Holy Ghost, it says they prayed in tongues and they prophesied. Right? What did Jesus give him? He gave them the sword of the Spirit. The very thing that Jesus walked around the earth with. The voice of God that the Pharisees couldn't understand. Right? Jesus op operated differently. John 5.19, it says, Jesus heard the voice of the Father. All the Pharisees did was try to interpret Scripture and try to make themselves look religious. But Jesus says, I hear the voice of the Lord. And they were confounded. They couldn't grasp the concept, right? And so the very thing that, that uh, was awakened in Paul when the power of the Holy Ghost was given to him, Paul said to, to the believers, that's what Paul did. He went around the countryside and says, have you received the Holy Ghost? Have you received the Holy Ghost? You need the Holy Ghost. That's the way I picture Paul. That's what he did. He was a red horse rider. He's riding around. He's burning. He's on fire with the Holy Ghost, Aiden. He's looking for somebody to lay his hands on. He's looking for a dead man to raise up. He's looking for religious guys that think they're doing the right thing, but somehow they need to be, can I just pray for you? And all of a sudden, a religious guy starts shaking. Oh, what is that? What is that? Why is the hair of my arm standing up? Is that Jesus? Yeah, that's Jesus, right? You're made alive by the Spirit of God. It can't be explained. It can't be read. You can't read to it. You can't, it, it, it has to be received. 
right? Is there anybody, can I get anybody who would describe a testimony of what it was like when you got baptized in the Holy Ghost? I know there's people in here that you started praying, you couldn't stop praying. There's people in here that immediately started seeing visions. Anybody? Come on up. Your name's Denise? All right, I met Denise on Facebook a few weeks ago. Today? All right. Okay, I don't remember. It was like, I think it was like yesterday. Okay, so Denise, Denise suddenly comes into Toledo looking for somebody to lay her hands on, right? And she, she starts posting all these stories about praying for people. And um, anyway, it sounds like you're on fire. You're, 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 you're getting there. T- t- give, us, give us a two minute of what it was like when you were baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, I was suicidal, um, and okay, I grew up, um, my dad was an alcoholic, and just rough home life and all of that, and so um, years later, I never dealt with a lot of that stuff and became suicidal, um, and many encounters with the Lord, but when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I literally felt liquid love, like shooting through my body, like waves. And then I woke up the next morning, and I felt it again. And then I felt it leave me, and even like I was holding my daughter, and I felt it go into her too. And I was even asking my husband, I'm like, what is going on? Because he grew up Pentecostal, but I hadn't. I didn't even know if I believed in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I thought it was satanic. And um, so I'm like, what are these crazy people doing? So um, that happened. But then this weekend, we're from Michigan, and we came to the hotel, which is kind of crazy. Um, the room actually, there's 111 rooms there. And so when all that was happening to me, the Lord, I started seeing numbers all the time. And so one of the first numbers I saw was 111, and I went into church, and it was Hebrews 11.1. So we get to this hotel, which is the Hampton, are we seeing at the Hampton? Hampton. And it it just so happens that it has 111 rooms. And since we've been there, there's just been revival happening. We've got to pray for like 10 people. And I prayed for the lady. Like, listen, I I don't really even know what I'm doing. It's really funny, actually, because um, God has a sense of humor because I hate public speaking. And I said, I'll never get up in front of anyone else again after high school. And here I am. Um, But I... So we get there. I prayed for the lady, the receptionist, and um, I really, like, a lot of times, we just don't even really know what we're doing, but I just ask people if they need prayer, and then the Lord shows up, and she felt, she's like, I don't know what's going on. She just felt the presence of the Lord, and so I was able to share my testimony and then um, share the gospel with her, and then I gave her a Bible, um, and then... I prayed with this woman on the elevator, and she it was like a divine appointment because she was ready to leave because she was sick. She wasn't feeling well, and she had actually been burned before. She has, like, scars all over her back, and she is scarring in her lungs. And so anyway, I prayed for her. She got touched by the Lord, and she got healed. And then we were on the elevator so long, we were, like, going up and down. People kept getting on. And so... People get bidding on, and we're like, we're having church in here. Do you need prayer? So another person gets on, and she's like, yes, I do need prayer. So another lady, the receptionist, she said she had a torn hamstring or something. She had injured her leg. And so the Lord, we prayed for her. She gets healed. Um, And then... We open, she, the lady opens up the other door to the other side where the workers are. I'm like, oh my word, the back door is now opening and there's all these workers back there. So she let me out over there to pray for all those people. And so it was like one after another. You know what I mean? You just feel like it's momentum and you're like, okay, well, like you just said, who else can I lay my hands on? Because 
Clearly, I don't know what I'm doing, but the Lord's moving. And so even if you don't know what you're doing, all I'm saying is be bold, take a risk, and just ask the Lord for his Holy Spirit, and he's going to show up. If you, if you take a risk, he's going to show up. So when did you get baptized in the Holy Spirit? When did I? Um, that was probably 2012. 2012? Okay, so do all, do all the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow through you? Do you pray in tongues? you prophesy? Tongues. I, I try to prophesy. I'm, I'm working on all the other giftings. I want more. I want more. Oh, oh my gosh, she just hit the hot button. Right, Aiden? More! Does anybody in here want more? Yeah, I want more. All right. Lord, we just, we just release uh, every gift of the Holy Ghost right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we release the gift of prophecy, the gift, Lord, of the word of knowledge, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Lord, we just uh, decree that her hands are burning with the fire of the Lord, that who she lays her hands on will rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. Let the grace, Lord, of the, of the power of discernment come upon her. Lord, I pray for the power of the spirit of prophecy to come upon her right now. One, two, three, fill in Jesus' name. Fill, 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 fill. Phil, Phil, come on, Phil. That's a good testimony. We'll, 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 we'll get your husband in a minute. What's your name again? Rich, Rich we'll get you in a, in a minute, Rich. Amen. All right. That was awesome. Carrie, I heard some rama- amazing stories about you. Would you want to pro- testify what happened to you? All right, now, if you guys don't remember, Carrie is the one that uh, a few weeks ago, Jimmy's uh, crew came up. They all got, they were shaken in the presence of the Lord. And the next thing you know, Carrie uh, got so touched by the Holy Spirit. She's laying on the ground. She's praying in the Holy Ghost. And I, I heard a wild story that you couldn't, couldn't stop praying in tongues. You literally were shaking in the presence of the Lord. So just, could you just tell us a little bit about what happened? What it felt like? Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, so... I don't know where to start. It was a crazy day altogether. Um, I don't know. Um, I'll start from the beginning of the day. So I was reading a book, um, and it was talking about prophetic words and just what that looks like and what that means. And, like, at first I was just, like, very, like, hmm, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm pretty, like, new to this, like, but I'm interested. And so... Well, I just never experienced it, so I just, I don't know. So then I come here, and then I just felt like the Spirit was just, like, asking me, like, are you open? And just kept saying it, like, are you open, like, this whole time? And I, yeah, I don't know. And I was told, like, if if someone's going to pray over over you and is asking if you want to be baptized in the spirit like you say yes and so I came up like yes like I want to be up here so I didn't know what I was expecting to happen but um yeah the I've never been baptized um in water honestly so I was baptized in the Holy Spirit for the first time two weeks ago and the spirit of the Lord just like transcended through my mind, through my bones, through my lips. Like, I literally could not stop speaking in tongues. Like, I was up all night. Like, I could not. 
stop. And I was like, what is happening to me? And like, I don't even know what I'm saying. And it was just like this experience that I've never had before. Um, but at the same time, I, like I left changed and I still feel changed. Like there's something different. And then the words that were just spoken over me or the prophetic words were just unreal. Like I, I don't know. I'm still like trying to like move through everything that was said, but it's just like the spirit is just with me. And my husband told me the other day, he's just like, something is different in you. There's peace that wasn't there before. And I'm like, you're right. (laughs) So that's just what I have. Amen. You see a testimony of a person that just goes to church sounds pretty bland and just routine. But when a person gets baptized in the Holy Ghost and is set on fire, right? There's life in it, right? You can feel the life in in both of those. And so, you know, can't stop talking, can't stop praying, can't stop prophesying, can't stop praying. That's prophetic. You get the picture though, right? When the Spirit of God touches a person, they're changed forever, right? And that's the essence of the red horse, the rider of the red horse. So when the rider, when this, when this rider, when it says that he came and the people should kill one another, he's actually saying that the Spirit of the Lord takes the false peace and kills it and gives them the true peace of the Spirit of God because the sword of the Spirit is actually the weapon that this one who's set on fire, they can't shut their mouth. They can't stop praying. They can't stop prophesying. They can't stop praying. They can't stop prophesying. And the sword actually pierces people, right? I can't stop piercing people with my sword. You with me? Say it with me. I can't stop piercing people. I can't stop piercing people. With the sword. With the sword. Of the Holy Ghost. Of the Holy Ghost. I can't stop piercing people. With the sword of the Spirit. Spirit. I can't stop prophesying. I can't stop praying. I can't stop prophesying. I can't stop praying. Amen. And you, you heard you heard the testimony. She thought she had peace, but like there's something different in you. The peace of heaven, right? It's supernatural. Right? There's a connection with, with the Father. There's a connection with the Holy Ghost. That's, why, that's what burns in me. I need, Lord, can I, can I get a thousand people this week baptized in the Holy Ghost? Yeah! yeah! Come on, I told you the story where the prophet brought me up and said, hit me on the back, and every time you hit me on the back, all right, a thousand. All right, three thousand. And by the time I was done, I was five hundred thousand, a million right? You got to dream big, man, right? And you'll go through seasons. One, one week, you're going to get a thousand people baptized in the Holy Ghost. One week, you'll get one. But you got to burn to see it. You have to burn to give away, right? You have to give away what you freely received, right? There's no cost to it. It doesn't charge. You don't have to, you know, pay to, to achieve your Go in the, in the organization or, or whatever. Whatever you get freely from the Spirit, you give. The life you give, you get freely, you give freely. Right? You with me? That's what church is supposed to look like. Amen? So 
I don't know if I told this story before, but this story fits so well with what I'm talking to you tonight. I'm going to talk to you about uh, uh, the Panera story, okay? I was going through a season. I was first baptized in the Holy Ghost, but after, after a period of time, I kind of got back into this religious view, and I was trying to teach people to Jesus. I would, I would sit down and I'd try to, try to take them through Scripture. You know this, you know that. And they'd look at me cross-eyed. And I'm like, I'd, I'd, I'd literally go down the street. I'd knock on people's doors and try to teach them to Jesus. And I got disgusted. And so I started asking the Lord a question. Everything starts with a question, okay? Started asking the Lord, what, what, you know, why, why aren't you, where are you, right? Where are you? right? And so in the disgust, this revelation of, the, of the, the difference between trying to teach people Scripture versus introducing them to the living God, right? There's a, there's a place to teach Scripture, but life comes through the introduction of the Spirit, okay? And so the Lord, the Lord wakes me up one day, and He says, I want you to go to Panera at lunchtime. Panera Bread. You know, you guys know Panera Bread, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I go to Panera Bread. This is, this is in 2010, I think, somewhere around 2010. And so the place is packed. Panera's, you know, a couple years old, literally. There's, there's, you know, there's no seats. And so I get there to like 11 o'clock. And this one Panera, there was a fireplace and there was a couch that sat in front of, in front of the fireplace. I sit down on the couch and the Lord starts to talk to me about, there was a girl going to walk in, into Panera. And all of a sudden, I mean, this girl was like this light was shining on this girl. She walks in. <clears throat> the Lord gives me this vision for this girl and starts telling me what it means and what he wanted me to do when, when I started talking to her. And I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there. All right, how's this going to go down? How's this going to happen? All of a sudden, she gets her food. She walks, she literally walks all the way across Panera behind the couch and sits in the table right behind me. Okay, God's, God was setting me up. Okay, I'm sitting there and I'm not eavesdropping, but she's right, she's literally right there. Okay, and there's a guy um, who was, I kind of knew him. He was a pastor at a, at a local church. Um, he came, came and sit down with her and she started to pour out her guts. She was an intern at a church that um, she, she just started saying these things. If this is what Jesus is really like, I'm not sure I want him. If, if this is the way churches operate, I don't really want this. And she started naming these things about, you know, what they were doing with money and what they were trying to do with, you know, manipulating this and manipulating that. She was an intern and she was, she was working with money and she was doing this and she had access to the workings of this church. And by the way, I'm just, you know, this is a, this is a, a, a church that, uh, you know, there was no Holy Spirit. Okay, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. Um, they called themselves a church of Christ, but there was no Holy Spirit, zero. Okay, and so this is going on and she's got, she's a young 21, 22 year old kid. She's got tears running down her face in the middle of Panera and I'm sitting there and I'm like the sweat start beating off, off my forehead. This is kind of like, you know, one of those stories, Bill. So all of a sudden I'm like, all right, here we go. I stand up, I walk around and I introduce myself. I said, all right, this is going to sound crazy. Um, but the Lord gave me a vision of you 
And before she could say yes or no, I, I pulled the chair out, I sat down, and I started to explain the vision of the Lord. And the vision of the Lord was very simple. She was a worker in, um, in a, um, a greenhouse, okay? And there were these young plants, and there were thousands of these young plants, flowers. Um, and I saw her taking the, the, the flowers out of the greenhouse and planting them all over the, the countryside. And I saw the, literally all the flowers, all the colors of the flowers. And the prophecy was that the Holy Spirit was going to come upon her and her life was going to be changed and that her impact on the world was going to be seen. That, uh, that what was happening in the church, in the true church, was going to literally um, bring the color of life to the earth. Right? And I, I went on. There was, there was a lot more prophetic stuff, but that's the gist of it. She starts to shake, okay? She started, tears started like really coming out of her mouth. And she, she, she's, she's all, all of a sudden she falls face forward. She's in her salad. She, 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 can't, she can't get up. Like the presence of God is on her so heavy. It's kind of like, Carrie, can't stop praying, right? When the Lord comes on you and the presence of God is on you, supernaturally certain things happen that are like undone. You know when Isaiah says, I was undone? Do you ever see somebody undone on the floor weeping and crying, can't stand up? Well, all of a sudden, um, like she's, she cannot get up and like she's, 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 she's tilting over like the presence of God is coming on her, right? And so the, the pastor looks at me. He, he was a guy who didn't know the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'll leave it at that. He's, he's like, what's this? What do we do? I said, I, well, okay. I started talking to him about the Holy Spirit. And he goes, okay, never mind. Um, I'll get her. He goes, I'll get her back to her dorm room. I said, okay, I got to go back to work. <laughs> so I literally, I drove back to work. Um, five o'clock comes. I'm, you know, I'm thinking, it's just a normal, it's just a kind of a normal day for me. Okay. So I just, I drive to the gym. I get to the gym. And this, this young guy that uh, was from the church I'm in, he's over in the corner of the gym, and he's, he, yell, he sees me come in, and he goes, Dave, hey, Cuphead, come here. Come here. You're not going to believe this. So I walk over, and there's these two young men. They're, they're, sit, they're against the wall. Tears are running down their face. They're shaking in the presence of God. And, and he, goes, he goes, you see those two guys? He goes, they just came from a dorm room. At, at this, at, there's a local college where this girl went, a Christian, it was a Christian college, okay? It was a Christian college that had no Holy Spirit. They, they taught the Bible, but they refused. They actually taught against the Holy Spirit. They refused the Holy Spirit, okay? So that was the, dom, the denomination she was in. He goes, and, and so, so the guy starts to explain, he goes, okay, these two guys here, they were part of a group in a dorm up at the college. They said that some girl got this prophetic word from this guy in Panera. And they took her back to the dorm and they laid her on the floor and they said that the presence of God got so heavy, kids were walking down the hall and when they would walk through the threshold of her door, they would literally lay down and weep and the presence of God, it just, it's, it literally, they couldn't stand up and not only was it the one floor, it then became the whole dorm. People were gathering outside of this girl's room because she, the presence of God was literally so heavy upon her. She's laying on her face, weeping, crying. She couldn't stop praying in the Holy Ghost. 
And it got so wild and so crazy that the leadership of the college had to create stories of why that wasn't real. And they actually had to try to retrain the kids that that wasn't real. Okay? Well, there were so many kids at this college that got so changed and transformed. I mean, they were, they're, they're asking me to talk to them. They're asking me to pray for them. What is this? Why, what is, you know, why don't we experience that here? What, what, is, what did you do with her that we aren't experiencing here? right? I had one guy hunt me down. The, one of the two kids that was against the wall shaking in the presence of God, they, they had waves. All afternoon, the waves, the presence of the Lord would come on them just like it was coming on the girl because they walked into the girl's dorm, okay? One of the kids hunted me down for weeks, and um, he literally, within a couple of weeks, he quit school. He went out to Bethel School of Supernatural. He's currently a pastor in Germany, Okay? And there's, there's so many stories that are like this. Two years ago, this is now in 2019, nine years after the original story, I was preaching in Marietta, Ohio. And um, I, you know, I'm, I start to minister. And all of a sudden, a girl, a young girl stands up. And she goes, she goes can I say something? She comes up and she goes, I want, you know why I'm here today? I wanted to see if what you preach and what you do is really real. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, did you ever hear of, you know, the, the Christian, uh, the Ohio Valley Christian College? She goes, do you know that? I go, I go yeah, I remember that story, <laughs> the Panera story. She goes, well, she goes, my parents are administrators of the college. And she goes, I grew up hearing all the time about why that wasn't real and why that wasn't of God. Yet all these kids got so changed and transformed from this event that was unexplainable. Okay. And so she's asking this in front of the church as I'm in 2019, nine years after. And she goes, I came here today because I want the Holy Spirit. Amen. I lay my hand on her. I start to pray for her. Boom. She gets filled with the Holy Ghost. She starts praying to God. She's crying. She's on her knees. Her friends that came with her, right, from that denomination, they all get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And so I'm telling you the story because you have no idea what one vision, right? One vision. And, you know, you guys are learning to prophesy. You are learning um, to say what the Lord is leading you to say. Um, but the power of the vision, you know, do not disregard it as just a vision because the anointing on it is powerful. Sometimes it manifests immediately in a glory. People weep. Gold dust comes on people. Some people can't stop praying. Some people can't stop prophesying. Some people can't stop laying hands on people. And years later, there are testimonies and people still being changed because of you being obedient to what the Lord led you to do and how he led you to pray for people, right? So the essence is this. Don't stop praying. Don't stop prophesying. You were born to what? Prophesy. That's right. You were born to prophesy. That's right, brother. You were born to prophesy. Because at the end of the day, guys, he makes his angels winds and his ministers flames of fire, right? He makes his angels winds and his ministers flames of fire. He calls you to do the supernatural, 
right? He calls you to know that there are angels waiting for you to be connected with the supernatural power of heaven that will cause you to do supernatural things, things that are unexplainable, things that can't be stopped. I mean, when I look at this group, I mean, over the last four or five months, there are gifts that are coming forward. There are people being changed. There, I mean, you got Elizabeth, an 11-year-old, having these or, just unique dreams of detail, right? Aiden prophesying things that have wisdom all over him. You got Pete. Pete, Pete is like this empty vessel, like he lays hands on people and they, go, they get whacked in the spirit, right? I mean, there's different giftings coming out of people. And I could go on and on about what, what is coming out of people, but you should know that you are in, the, you are in a midst of a visitation. You are, you are literally in the midst of a transfiguration. You are being changed. And not only um, are you being changed, you're being changed so that you can change a city, right? Amen? And so you're being transfigured to transfigure people. You are being transformed to lay hands on people, to cast out a demon. Oh, you're feeling bad today? Let's pray. No, 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 I'm not letting you be depressed today. I have faith for you. I'm going to drive that demonic depression off of you right now. Oh, you're oppressed? Oh, you, you, feel, you feel weak today? I'm praying for you. I'm not going to let you go one more minute without praying for you, without laying a hand on you, right? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> You see, Pete, what about Pete? I mean, Pete's like this lethal weapon, right? I mean, all Pete has to start doing, he starts to, he starts getting that Pete laugh. He starts to, and, 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 all, and all of a sudden, it's like radar, man. He, he's, he's, he lays a hand on a person and, ah, boom, they fall like trees. That's a gift, right? Pete, if I was you, I'd be hunting people down. That's an impartation gift. Paul said, oh, I wish that I would come to you that I may impart something to you, right? There's, there are things that come out of people's mouths that impart. There are gifts, the laying on of hands. The doctrine of laying on of hands is a, is a powerful tool, right? There's a wave that comes out of Pete when he says, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? All right, Father, I just, I pray for every person in here tonight, Lord that the revelation of the sword of the Spirit is in their hand. Lord, and I pray for every person that would be so profoundly touched by the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, that, the red, that they would ride the red horse, that they would be a red horse rider, that they would ride the fire, they would li- ride the lightning, they would ride the supernatural power of heaven. It would be their vehicle. It would carry them places. It would carry them to the lost. It would carry them to the sick. It would carry them to the lame. It would carry them to the oppressed. It would carry them places, Lord, because they carry the sword. They know the sword of the Spirit. They know the power of the Holy Ghost. They have heaven in their hand. For the Lord says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Lord, and so I pray in Jesus' name that the that their hand would, would grab a hold of the sword of the Spirit, the power of heaven, the very lightning bolt, Lord, that you sent that men would not be afraid of the earth, but the earth would be afraid of your church. Lord, I pray for the awakening of your church. I pray, Lord, for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I pray for the dead to be raised, for the lepers to be healed. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, for the broken to be, to be touched by the power of the Holy Ghost to be healed, that they would stand up and testify 
Oh my goodness, last week, last year, for the last 10 years I've been oppressed, but now I stand up in my right mind because somebody said they had a word for the, from the Lord for me and they laid their hands on me. And now I go and testify of what the Lord has done for me. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, for every person right now for a fresh baptism. Lay your hands on the person. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book, The Key of David, Experiencing the Voice of God, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.